0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the China Manufacturing Decoded podcast our podcast from uh, Sophies that we put out every week and this is episode 153 153 and I have two guests today um and we're going to cover an interesting topic a management system standard that came up that was published in uh, two, uh in uh, 2021 and it's, it's called ISO 37, 37301, Okay. About compliance management systems. Okay. Uh, and with me are Clive Greenwood and Sean Lee. So, um, people on this podcast have seen, uh, Clive a few times already. And in a few words, he's a very experienced quality and compliance consultant with a lot of experience in uh highly regulated industries such as medical automotive uh, and so on uh and he acts as a um a compliance consultant to to some companies and and, and uh, sorry and compliance officer yeah okay and uh joining us today uh is also uh another guest with a very uh, interesting experience in this topic, uh, Sean Lee from the BSI. So BSI is the British Standard Institution, is a, um, a large organization that does a lot of things, uh, among others, a lot of third-party uh, certification on management system standards, and we work with them. And they—they they are, they are the company that comes and and audits us for 9001 and 14001, right? So uh, we, we're kind of familiar with this organization. Hi, shan how, how are you doing? Do you want to say a few words about yourself and 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 what you do at the BSI?
1: Thank you very much. Uh, uh, hello, everyone. My name is Sean Lee, uh, and I'm work. Uh, i work, work for BSI for over two years, and I'm working on uh, compliance on ma- uh, management system in Southern China. And I have seen many uh, management systems uh, working in China in Southern China's company. And I think most of the the biggest um, of the biggest uh, uh, companies in China uh, they want to get uh, get certified uh, with. Uh, with the compliance management uh, uh, which is iso uh, three seven three seven three o one and the, uh, this this nice. is a compliance, compliance management uh, published by b uh, by BSI by iso in april of twenty twenty one and it, right. it has been uh, pushed for for the chinese government and uh, everyone is confused with this management and i will show uh, show the some opinions from BSI about this system.
0: Yeah, very interesting to see that the Chinese government at, at various levels, right, uh, yeah. also at the provincial level, has been pushing some of the companies, some of the big companies, to to get certified to this standard. So it's quite quite interesting. Uh, so, first question is actually what what is this standard about? So it's about compliance management, right? How to put in place a management system that maybe not ensures, but let's say really dramatically increases the chance that the organization will comply with all the applicable uh, requirements, right? From uh, regulators, from, um, uh, you know, um, statutory requirements from, from governments and so on and so forth. Uh, So, can uh, maybe, Clive? Can you give us a very short, like, okay, what does that mean actually? Compliance management system. What what, what is it, and why is it necessary? Give, I,
2: can give, <laughs> I can give it to you in two words: traceability and accountability.
0: Okay. So, why why are both traceability and accountability so important to ensure a, an organization okay. complies?
2: Right. Okay. If if we look at the the wording which is used in the standard itself, okay, it clearly indicates that it is the most senior management within the company. I'm talking now chairman level board of directors who have to be accountable and manage and oversee the aspects of compliance that the company has with its products to any particular marketplace. For example, if the product is sold in Europe, then it must be compliable to all European standards related to that particular product type. Traceability, clearly the intention here is to to improve the um, EPD submissions. No longer just making a declaration is going to be good enough. The EPD at the moment is a declaration we are doing everything that we say we are doing then. What I see is this being used as a tool where it it forces senior management to be accountable to their systems. It's also what I believe to be an umbrella standard, which will cover both 9001, 13485, and virtually any quality system that you want, including 16949. It's purely about how the company ensures from a senior level downwards that it complies with all relevant standards and regulations and laws that's that's really the standard in a nutshell
0: right right okay shown what so how how do you see this standard so so clive says in essence it has a lot to do with accountability at the top of the company it in certain uh, verticals so so clive mentioned epd environmental product declaration right so uh, now we're, we're going from quality and safety to environmental regulations uh, for for the eu so it, it it seems to be very very broad basically how, if someone asks you okay what is this standard what is a compliance management uh, system and what what is this set of requirements right how does it play with the other common standard like 9001, 14001, and so on. How would you explain it?
1: Okay. Uh, it, as, Cliff, uh, as Cliff mentioned, the, this is a senior management system. And uh, and we know the standards are, can be separated into three different classes. The first is about the standards of products. The second is about the business process, like ISO 9001. Um, but for the, uh, for this com- compliance management, this is a senior management, which means it's mainly focused on the uh, mainly focused on the governance level. Uh, as, pe- uh, uh, as a huge company, the uh, the people, the CEOs or the chairmen uh, chairman, need to focus on the management of the uh, strategic management management of compliance management. So if a company wants to import import uh complex management, they have to establish a strategic uh for for the whole compliance. but if you want to focus on the uh specific aspects like uh, like quality management or the environment environmental com- com- management you have to uh, watch on what regulation and what laws you have to obey uh and uh the Quality management can be a uh, really useful, uh, useful tools to help you to uh, recognize this all these uh, complex, uh, compliance uh, risks and uh, you, what you have to do.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, very good points here. ISO nine thousand one and, and like the other like sort of quality management systems such as thirteen four eight five or IATF sixteen nine four nine and so on are sort of. To be implemented maybe at the business unit or you know in 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 um in in maybe one branch of the operations of a company, whereas you say that this standard here and maybe also also uh, 47001, which is about uh, anti bribery anti corruption systems right these kind of of others um, uh, management systems are more uh, geared toward okay the top of the company and how it controls the whole company right and if there's like five different business units it has to cover all the business unit and and uh, there's a lot of requirements that apply to to the top to the, the, the top leadership of the group if i may say that is that a good way of, of framing it
2: i would say that the the, pe- the persons that are probably going to be more involved with this would be the company
0: legal counsel. It depends. So the the standard itself, I had a look. It does, it say like governing body, which is interesting. Uh, this is not in 9001 or anything like that, right? So if, if a company, let's say for the auditors were thinking, okay, what is this? Let's say a company has like three business units. And, and then there's some centralized functions such as, you know, accounting, legal and things like that. And then it also above, let's say there's the, the CEO and then above the CEO is maybe a board of directors, right? So here they are saying that there has got to be a function somewhere that actually, uh, looks at compliance obligations, um, make sure that, that objectives are set, that the right culture is set and, and so on and so forth and does some auditing and also this this should also probably be not only like at legal uh, somewhere below the ceo but also another a function to which the ceo actually reports to so probably on the board So this is why on on public companies boards usually there's one of the board members at least has you know and 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 maybe there's there's an entire committee for that on on the board right to to look at um, risk compliance and things like that so this is the kind of structure that this standard will push companies to to adopt is that, that that's what you were going to say yeah my my
2: read my read is that if you if you look at 13485 where it calls for companies to have a compliance officer on board at a senior level uh, this is again following very much in that vein that there must be at a board level at a board level um position a compliance officer, and that compliance officer looks at the group of companies not just at a single group
0: right but thirteen forty five so for the auditors, this is the equity measurement system. Uh, set of requirements for medical devices, okay, right. and it 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 does say that okay, you have to have a compliance officer. But in that standard, actually, 14485, it doesn't say that the compliance officer has to be at the board level, right? It has. It says that the compliance officer, okay, has to be knowledgeable, has to be able to know what the regulations are and like and and do everything that is supposed to be. But maybe what's missing, and that's what led to a lot of issues there, is that the compliance officer is still sort of uh, reporting to the, the GM of the business unit or, or some business function like this and the business function. And it's, it's something that's quite, um, quite often an issue in, in, in China, uh, you know, would override, would say, "Nah, nah, okay, this, don't worry about this, put it, you know, under the carpet. Right. And, and here, this standard is actually saying no 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 like above the business functions there needs to be a function that audits all of this and and sets the right culture and and so on and so forth um, so talking about you know the challenges in uh, of of implementing a compliance management system in 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 china uh shown what um do you see do you see this as as a challenge uh you know, setting the right culture for compliance, setting a, an auditing company like a function above the business functions to which the business functions report on compliance, ensuring this accountability, this traceability and so on. You, you say that, um, some companies in China, including those, let's say belonging or report, reporting to the, to the government uh, are implementing this. What, what, what do you see? Uh, from from your side
1: okay uh, in my opinion and i have i have seen many different enterprises especially the state-owned enterprise in china and we have a concept of uh concept they called uh three different defines the uh, line of defense the first defense would be the uh, the business business department as you mentioned it can be sales or our product uh, our produce uh, produce function and uh, for the second uh, for the second def- line of defense can be the legal department they will uh, help them to recognize and to tell them how to do it to apply to to comply comply their activities uh, as for the chairman, uh, chairman of the management board um, uh, level it's the third it's the third defense of line they they, they would uh, they would tell them to, how to uh com- be more complex in uh, in, uh, in an advanced uh, or in advanced aspect or uh, strategic level. I think I think these three different uh, the three lines uh, all need, all, need, all will face face different uh, complex risks. But uh, but uh, they will need a an independent department to audit them so the compliance uh, the complex uh, team or the compliance department it can be visible or invisible but they uh, they will need to be set up and uh, to help to monitor them uh, as uh, yeah, even uh, even the chairman mm-hmm. of the board okay. they he also need to face some loss uh loss auditor or they they want to they will find some responsibility uh, for the uh, capacity market or any other monitor monitor department yeah
0: yeah uh, that's that's a nice way of, of putting it and then where so let's say that the 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 government maybe the, the provincial government is telling the state owned enterprises hey this is really important you know and it's a sign actually it's a good sign right it's a sign that china china's government is really trying to get a grip on on the companies to follow the, the the laws and regulations, and they're really trying to to function as a a good government, right? Uh, with uh, okay, so that really applying the laws, enforcing the laws. So that that that's that's only a, a positive sign, obviously. So if they follow sort of this fun this 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 new standard as a framework, right, and then to apply okay, first line of defense, but also second line, and also third line of defense. So who is watching the second line and the third line, right? Do do they still um, use uh, organizations like the BSI or or some others to, to still keep watching them, right? So there's the regulator and also probably some certifying bodies, right? So who is watching these different lines of defense?
1: Uh, it can be internal or external for external it can be the third party like BSS auditor but internally we, we can train some internal auditor and uh, in, uh, it has uh, a new position can be set in in the, in the company because uh, the corporate compliance officer this is a new position for in China, in Chinese position book guidebook. Uh, it's equal to a lawyer or a, a company uh, or a legal officer in, in in a company. So it can be a dip- independent independent uh, audit department.
2: Yeah, right. So right. this would be an interesting um, point, uh Reno, that, that um yes. that Charles Josh brought up there. That I mean I found I find it in, absolutely encouraging that the local governments are now going to say, okay, look, you must comply, there must be a structure, and this is the way it's going to be. I think that that's very encouraging. My question to Sean would be, Sean, part of this standard here is traceability. Now, Chinese supply chains, historically, are, are, are very opaque. Okay? And if if we say then, okay, we're looking at the... Eco design standards for for Europe and things like this, and traceability is a a huge part of that, when you have to submit your EPD and your, your LCA. How are we going to get over that, Sean?
1: As you know, the global supply chain is really, really tough, uh, a really tough uh, situation of the global, global supply chain. And uh, the OPEC has required for the LCA or EPD or I, any other uh, green, uh, greenhouse, greenhouse gas control uh, control requirements. But I think, I think it's part of the requirement of the regulation of, uh, as for ch- Chinese enterprises, they have to face the choice. Uh, they want to go export or import. If they want to only trade in the mainland China, they will cho- choose to uh, all, not to obey the, all these re- regulation. But if they want to choose export, go export to their their product to enter the Euro- Europe Europe market, they have to obey and re- they have to recognize all these regulation. Uh, for the, but you know the the environment of the global trade is always change and it's really complex for them. So. For most of them they will they want to establish a management to help them to find out what kind of regulation will require them and um, because they have to face the Chinese legal and the, the uh, Europe legal and all the expert all the expert control system so I think really happy for them to uh, to use their profit to focus on the all to to fit all these regulation. I did many discussions with the Owner of Chinese small uh, small enterprises, uh, they told me if they uh, if they, if Europe requires too much, they will uh, think about how to uh, to abandon to abandon the Europe market. Uh, so it's a, it's a choice for for them, I think. Uh, but uh, we we also need to think about the cost. Uh, if they if their profit can cover it, is
0: it uh, just about cost? Because I think, yeah, Clive is, is saying that it's just so prevalent in, in China. You know, it's, it's the business mindset in China, right? Usually in the supply chains is I provide this material or this component or whatever this product to you, but behind me, who I buy it from and where this is made and, you know, whatever is a secret, right? And this is really, all throughout the supply chains, pretty much, in in China, right? Now, maybe to their government, maybe they would open up, yeah, but to their customers, because this is the regulation falls onto the customers, and the customers have to make sure that their suppliers in China uh, comply with this. And that's really the difficulty, is that they don't want to open up about that to their suppliers, right? So it's it's not just about cost.
1: Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but i think in uh, macro or in the government level uh, governance level all of the chinese people uh, would uh, admit admit that the the climate change is uh, is the duty of everyone but as for the uh, as i mentioned as for the owner of the enterprise they have to uh, they have to put the uh, their li- their enterprise leave. First, live first as the first priority, not uh, not for the climate change. Because if the if the enterprise not exist, they they can't tell about do anything about the climate change. So live in the first first requirement.
2: Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Sean. But from a compliance purely compliance standpoint, if you do not meet these requirements, you do not sell in Europe because your product will not be given the product passport.
1: Yeah, that's a choice. Uh, Yeah, that's the choice.
2: You either comply. Or you get out of this market.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So and 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 that that is un, that is just unquestionable now. Now the question would be if a company has this system, this standard, which is accredited, for example, by the BSI, which I would I would advocate very strongly. Yeah. That is a way that they can say to their customers in Europe: Look, we comply to this international standard. We're doing it right. It is a level of proof, shall we say, that the companies in China are moving towards that. Now, as regards the e- the the EPD, okay, no one quite knows what should be in the EPD yet because it's it's not been finalized. But for sure, part of the LCA that you must require to get the product passport and at the same time also to get any new CE mark, for example.
1: Yeah
2: you must provide where you are buying your products from. Yeah. And they have to also, you know, you cannot buy products from, from manufacturers which have got a the disgusting record of pollution and doing nothing about it. I mean, that, that is very clear. What, what I'm looking at at this standard is one of being one of a surety to from Chinese suppliers to their Western buyers, for example, that we have a strategy for compliance. It is is overseen and managed by the most senior people within the company. This is going to make people feel a lot better. Now, if a Chinese company thinks it's too hard, then, as you said rightly, the choice is simple.
1: Yeah, I really agree with I that, think, and uh, I mm-hmm. think the compliance uh, complex risk and the compliance respect responsibilities for them are not only the climate change uh, it will require about uh, the uh, the labors uh, the labors they use and the climate uh, the greenhouse they made and all the otherwise uh, if their product quality is required uh, meets the requirements so the compliance is a really huge concept for uh, compliance is really a huge concept so uh, if they want to use uh, compliance management to have them to pass the um, uh, export limitation is uh, uh, not so specific specific because they have to be uh, to meet the specific like LCA or epd the other requirements so uh, they have to do the same things, things do things specific and if they, uh, if they Uh, imports the management system, only the complex management system without specific field, it can't be, it will not meet their requirement. It will not meet the requirement. Exactly. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah, good, good point. So I think everybody agrees that, okay, it's going to be a challenge when it comes to opening up information about the supply chain. It's going to be a choice. It's going to be some resistance. There's going to be whatever. But obviously yeah that that's the trend right so people are, are thinking about it i'm sure uh, so the last point is 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 quite interesting so this standard ha- has to to go hand in hand with more uh business process focused standards right i think that that was the point so if a company is is concerned about let's say uh, product safety uh compliance such as, for example in in medical devices then ISO 13485 plus, you know, the, the specific requirements, maybe EU MDR, uh, FDA, uh, 21 CFR and so on. Uh, that's, let's say at the business process level. And then if, if, if they are concerned about actually the business, uh, units not fully, uh, not doing everything they should to comply fully, then this standard will actually add some extra safeguards at the level of the, um, as, as Sona was mentioning, not just the first line of defense, but second line and third line, right? Uh, in, in, in a smart and structured way. I think really it's very, very important. Yeah. For, for business process and, uh, top level, let's say board level and so on. Uh, sort of um uh, mechanisms to to work together and yeah this is this is not just for product safety it's also uh, Clive Kiss mentioning LCA and EPD that's for environment uh, but there's also maybe uh, some others with uh, forced labors and human rights and things like that and information security and so on and so forth it can be very very broad uh, but a company would be wise to to pick one sort of domain one topic implement Business process sort of management system, and then this compliance compliance management system to make sure, um, you know, the rubber really really meets the road as intended, right? Is is it a good uh, a good summary of? of yeah, of because if you
2: read the if you read the, if you read three seven three oh one, it's almost a it, it, in eighty percent of its, its structure, it, it's almost a carbon copy of nine thousand and one it uses the same structure it uses some terminology uh, certainly when it when it comes to risk management it just adds a separate layer to risk management so if you're doing your 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 coto as as you know which is the which is the risk based thinking side of 9001 and 13485 it still counts it it accounts for that plus legal compliance and regulatory compliance as part of the risk assessment. Now, if you remember, Renault, before when we talked about how I structured the uh, the COTO risk analysis, if you follow that structure, it's already there. So I don't think you know I don't think that companies with a 9001 or, or a 13485 should worry because you can take what you've already got and just add a separate section which Re- regards to the strategical oversight at the senior at senior level, just add that to an existing accredited system, and you you meet. And I'm sure Sean would agree. You you, you already are at 90 percent there to compliance.
0: You integrate the standard, right? Sean, yeah. is it, this the way you? It,
2: this is this is the way that I read it. It's designed to be an integral part of a. Of, your business management yeah, but well, you've made it senior level accountable that's the that's the
0: big right, challenge right. Yeah. it's a change so, of perspective
1: i think as you mentioned uh, uh, it's really hard to audit these the uh, companies cultural or uh, or any other uh, invisible invisible things, and uh, uh, what we will we will say, uh, as is mentioned in three seven three zero zero one, it has the same HLS high level structure with nine thousand one, but it still requires uh, uh, documented documented information because they have to obey the uh, the so, same documents. Uh, they have to obey the documents to do things, and we will have to see the evidence uh, if they have to do that. Because, uh, um, like they, for example, they if they if they did the training and they, if they did the these things, I see what they said. And for one step forward, we will say uh, what they will do if if they uh, face a new challenge in their interface. For example, a new a new laws is published, and uh, if they have. They have a dynamic dynamic system to recognize that, yes. and uh, help them to face the new challenge. Uh, so a uh, management system needs to be a dynamic system, uh. In in my opinion,
2: mm-hmm. I yes. totally
0: agree so, with you. So sure, yeah. So Sean, you you mentioned it's not necessarily very very easy to audit, even though yeah to comply with the standard they will have to document and so on. But documenting. Let's say some Chinese organizations are very good at documenting things, just to show that hey, look, it's happening, but <laughs> nothing is really happening. Uh, it, and and there's a lot of lot of stories, right? Like for example, um, Lemon Brothers in the US, uh, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, they went bankrupt. Well, they had a chief risk officer i believe or something like that uh, really a, um, a a top leadership level you know risk officer because it was it was compulsory after you know um after some earlier scandals with enron and and worldcom and so on so it's got to be someone in charge of risk but they were mismanaging risk so bad in that company the poor risk officer was there and was like documenting things to show okay we're we're complying with with the law uh, but but the risk function was not woven through the organization and through the reviews and was did not have the the transparency on on everything the business functions were not really accountable to it It just something that sat on the side and and tried to Cover up, or just to show that they were involved, but without without really being involved, right? And then that company went bankrupt, and it, it led to to a huge uh, financial system meltdown, as they said. Um, so, it, yeah,
2: yeah, definitely I see that the
0: risk that yeah. also for, with compliance. Yeah, yeah,
2: but but with all respect, right? do not the the fact that there was a financial meltdown because of you can't put it on one thing. There was the endemic mismanagement within the whole financial structure. Yep. Yep. It, there was a culture yeah, yeah, yeah. of, there was a culture of, of, shall we say, magical numbers and formulas that even Einstein couldn't uh, understand just to make things look good.
0: <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact is that there was a, you know the financial structure, the financial systems have had compliance there, but it's been a, it's been a pretty picture on the wall.
0: Yes, very much. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this,
2: this, this, this is why I'm seeing the fact here that this is making the, for example, chairman of the board accountable. It doesn't say I have a risk management and I'll blame him for everything. No, it doesn't say that. We're talking here about the senior management. Culture within a company. If they don't listen to the compliance officer, and they go off and do something illegal or non-compliant, which is the same thing, they are held responsible. Mo- and as Sean because, is saying, yeah, there there is a documented trail there.
0: And because the, trail, the compliance, it, yeah. because compliance auditing right. is is independent, yes. right? That's right. Yeah. So uh yeah i'd be curious to to hear uh maybe so um you know your experiences with specifically with with, with chinese companies right Did, do you also see that this sort of um a temptation very often to to create a lot of documents but and to to give the impression sort of theater but then so that the business functions actually can keep doing what what they we're doing and what and you know what, what do you see maybe the chinese government is doing what How do you see that this government may may help hinder that
1: as I know uh, the situation you mentioned uh, really exists um, but uh, I think for the BSS auditor uh, we will see the positive positive, positive evidence not only the documents or not only the documents because uh, the record record and evidence uh, and uh, we will do the audit as uh, by the way of interview. Because what you you will say you can lie once, twice, but you can't lie or one use one thousand lies to draw a whole picture of the of the your your realistic situation. So uh, I think I think for the uh, for the auditors we need to be more professional and we need to know the different situation of different companies. Uh, and as uh, as Cliff, Cliff mentioned, uh, there is a there is a, a question of what. Uh, what kind of management system would be effective uh, i think uh, 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 effective management system is not uh, all the documents it's about the uh, the the company has adopted has adopted uh, the uh, specific actions to control their risks uh, as well quality risks or the or the climate change risks. All the all the risks, all the above uh, a risk line. If the if the risk is above a, uh, a risk line, they 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 would be under control. Uh, this will will be a useful management system, uh, and it's, the management will be effective. Effective, I think, mm-hmm. in, in my mind.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, both both me and Renault has undergone a BSI audit, so we know that your auditors are thorough, shall we say.
0: Fair, but yeah, it's no. very much a case of 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 using good auditors, right? Right. We we yeah. we're coming to the end of of the of you know um, of the time allotted for this uh, this this episode, so I fully agree with uh, yeah with what what Sean mentioned. It's really about um, having people really try to uncover the truth somewhere. So again, you know, different lines of defense and <clears throat> and some some um some independent audits and things like that. That definitely helps. Did you did you want to um, to to mention something about about that, Clive? About really maybe the importance of 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 having an independent auditing uh, function and and um, what do they call it? Governing governing body, maybe like a a board member, uh, to to um, who 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 supervises and and sort of uh, makes up their own minds about what's happening. I, I guess you would say this is really crucial, right?
2: Well, for me. Does the board of directors want to know the truth?
0: <laughs> All right. So it goes back to the culture of the top of the company, right? Yeah, it certainly does. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, as as always, most of the problems come from from top management, top leadership. So uh, I, th- I think this is a uh, a good conclusion. And very few sure people will will dispute us on that. <laughs> oh, so, well, which uh, is good.
2: <laughs> yeah. We like. Right. Please put your comments <laughs> online. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes. So, yeah, I, I want to say a big thanks to, to, to Sony from the BSI for, for coming and, and sharing his perspective. This is, uh, this is quite interesting. We, we should do it again if, you know, if, if, if that's interesting to you. Uh, and a, a big thanks also to, uh, to Clive, who has come already a few times on the podcast and, uh, and, and, and brings his, um, His interesting perspective and and his opinions about that which is which is quite good uh for the uh, first
2: time right now not not doom and gloom clive
0: right 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 exactly (laughs) (laughs) a bit optimistic (laughs) all right thanks a lot gentlemen thank you thank you thank you thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the sophies group we're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in asia including inspections auditing new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfilment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sophist.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share, because it will really help others discover us too.